This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We are in the book of Psalms and we are going through Psalm 110, this 110, not 10, there is no 110 this morning. And uh, we're going to be studying Psalm 110 this morning. It is a very short psalm. However, that being said, it is maybe one of the most, I guess the way to, way to describe it, it is one of the most quoted and important psalms in, in the whole of the book of Psalms because it, the first verse of Psalm 110, the very first verse, actually is the most quoted verse in the New Testament, and uh, it is quoted. I, I'm going to give you that information. It is quoted. Well, it is quoted by Jesus in Matthew 22, 43 through 45, and that's when Jesus is is explaining to them that that God can have a son, and that He is that son. It's quoted by Peter at Pentecost when he is when he's talking about Jesus being at the right hand of the Father. It's, it's quoted by Paul. In First Corinthians fifteen twenty five, and that's just him explaining Jesus being uh, the Messiah and and ruling. It's actually quoted tangentially in Hebrews multiple times, and so it is one of the most quoted, most important verses actually in the Old Testament. If you just go by purely by by the amount of amount of uh, focus the New Testament places on it, and and it says here, and it says here. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool. So here in Psalm 110, verse 1, just as in, in Genesis chapter 1, when God says, let us make man in our own image, God himself is presenting himself in, in the plural, meaning he is saying that there's more than just one of, there, there's more than just the Father. There's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit, and you see all three of them. You, you see the Lord God, you see the, the Spirit hovering over the deep. You see the idea. Now, remember, Scripture never says the word Trinity, but you see the idea of the Trinity, the understanding of the Trinity coming from that. In this Psalm 110, Jesus coming, you see uh, David understanding. He's coming to the place where he understands that, that when God prophesied that his Son would be the Messiah— and he understands not only is his son the Messiah, but his son will be God. His son, his his lineage, the, his line will produce an heir, and that heir will literally be the Messiah uh, of the world. And so David figures it out. He says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. He, what he's saying is that his the one that prophesied to come, the Messiah, the one who is going to fix all things, is going to sit at the right hand of God. And David already knew the Father is, as God, and now he's saying, there's going to be one coming after me who's greater than me, and he's going to be a Lord of all. 
same thing Moses said. It's the same thing John the Baptist said when Jesus uh, came up. There's one coming after me. I'm not fit to tie his shoes. The understanding begins to take hold in the Old Testament, and then it's uh, brought to full life through Jesus Christ in the New Testament. It is the idea that there is going to be a man come who is 100% man, 100% God. And that's what this psalm is about. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools. Notice God is at work in the life of Jesus. He's, the, the prophecy here is saying that he's going to be working with Jesus. Just like God is intimate with his creation, so God is intimate with the work of Jesus. Him and Jesus, they were, Jesus was constantly in contact constantly walking with Jesus, constantly showing that he, that he is actively involved in his plan for his creation. He said, the Lord, the Lord shall send a rod of your strength out of Zion. Notice that's the, that's, that, Zion is both a picture of earthly spiritual power, but it's also a picture of heavenly power. And so he's going to send a rod, a rod of strength. That's what he's, David's saying that Jesus is going to be, he's not, he's going to be powerful. He's going to have power. He's going to send a rod of strength out of Zion and he's going to rule in the midst of his enemies. Now, this is alluding to, this is alluding to the uh, millennial kingdom. This is where Jesus is coming back and you go, and a lot of times I say things and I don't explain them and I do need to explain them. Uh, the millennial kingdom is the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. And that is seen in, at the end of the revelation. We'll get there one day. Surely we'll get there one day unless we're taken. And I don't think, I don't think that'll happen, but you never can tell. Never can tell. He says, he says here, he's going to rule in the midst of his enemies. And he says, your, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. Notice he's talking about G Jesus. Notice these people are not going to be subjects. They're going to actively participate, want to join in the day of his power. Notice that's that. Who does that? Who, who, who are those people? Well, the, the church, we hear God's voice. And what do we do? We choose to chase after him. We choose to walk out after him. And, and David understands that this is not going to be a situation where God takes power over and controls people. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a situation where God literally, it's going to be a situation where God uh, literally takes power and his people are going to choose to walk with him. And that's us. This is a, you, you got it. Of all the Psalms we've done, this is the most prophetic and it is the most down to earth, exactly how we see, how we see Jesus in the New Testament. It, it, David had a great understanding of that. He says, your people shall be volunteers, not Tennessee volunteers, although some Tennessee volunteers will be those volunteers, just not them. He says, he says, they're going to be volunteers. They're going to choose. They're going to choose him. And, and we do. And we do. He says, in the beauties of his holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. And this is talking, this is, a, this is an allusion to um, the womb of the morning that God is going, that he's not going to be a, he's not going to be a spiritual being that comes. He's going to be physically a man. And that's real important. David says he, he's going to be, he's going to be a human being and he's going to be a womb of the morning. And remember, morning is always the resurrection. He's, he's going to be, he's going to be a man. 
and he's going to be a man of the resurrection. And he's going to, he's going to, he's going to do that when he's a young man. And he does in his thirties. David is nailing it. It, for me, it's so exciting to see God reveal stuff to someone, reveal information, knowledge. It is exciting to see him reveal knowledge to someone in scripture. And they see things that surely they couldn't reason out there their, their themselves. They couldn't figure it out themselves. They wouldn't do it on their own. They 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 had to be shown that by God. And and that's what David is doing here. And you go, well, isn't that what the Bible's all about? Absolutely. But still he's still revealing himself to us. He's still making himself known to us. And shouldn't we be excited about that? He's still talking to us. He's still speaking to our hearts. In the same way he spoke to David, in the same way he speaks to Moses, and in the same way he spoke to Jesus, in the same way he speaks to all of them, he speaks to us now. And there should be excitement about that. And there should be a desire to hear him. There, there really should be a desire to hear him. He says, the Lord has sworn and will not repent, repent, relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, this I, I would say to you that what I understand about this and what God has shown me about this just last week is so wonderful, something I just did not know, I didn't get, I didn't understand. In fact, to tell you the truth, I'd read Hebrews so, so many times. I'd read Genesis so, so many times. And I didn't understand the importance of this, the importance of this figure named Melchizedek. And not to get into a whole lot of detail, because uh, really, it's probably more nerdy Christian preacher stuff than probably something that would be something you want to hear or even know. But Melchizedek was a high priest. He was called the Prince of Salem or the Prince of Peace. And who's got that name? That's Jesus. And and Abraham went and made sacrifice to him, made the first fruits offerings to him when he entered into Canaan. And that is a very important picture because that means Melchizedek was a high priest, meaning meaning Abraham went to him to have access to God. All right. Now, David is bringing it up for a reason, because Jesus is going to be in the line of David, which means that Jesus is going to come from. And we all know that in order to be a high priest in Israel, you have to be from the line of Aaron, who is a Levite, you have to be a Levite, and you have to come from his line, Aaron's line, Moses's brother's line. You got to come from that line to be a high priest in 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 the order of the new of the Old Testament. After uh, the law was given out out in the wilderness, Aaron is the patriarch of all the high priest. He's the one who's in charge. So how can Jesus see? Jesus functions as all three. He functions as a prophet. He functions as a prophet coming from Moses as the prophet. He functions as a king coming from David as the line of the king. So he's in the line, he's in the, he's not in the line of Moses, but he's in the lineage of the prophets from Moses. In fact, many times they ask him, are you the prophet? They ask Jesus that. And they're referring to Moses saying, there's going to be a prophet coming that's greater than me. And then he, we know he's from the line of Jesus. He's the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He, he's from David. But then how can he be a high priest when the problem is that you can't be a high priest unless you're from Aaron's line? Unless you come from a, an older order, a more important order, and that's Melchizedek. And for me, that is, I mean, that is some good stuff. I'm talking about that's some good stuff because I didn't get it. I didn't get that. I didn't get that Jesus 
had to have some line out there, high priest, to be the great high priest. And David, there wasn't a New Testament person that figured it out and said it, although whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, I think it's the Apostle Paul, but whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, he explains it in detail. Uh, just eyes too dense to get it. He talks about Jesus being as gr being great, greater than Melchizedek, being greater than the angels, being greater than the prophets. Being he's greater than all things. That's what Hebrews is about, and it goes into detail of him being in the line in the in the line of Melchizedek in the sense of coming from his order, but being greater than Melchizedek. And there you are, David already figured it out, and I didn't even know it. I it just it just passed me by. Didn't even know it. And now I, get, I, I go, wow, God, God, God always has, he has an explanation for everything. And he is showing you things all the time. If we just listen to him, he says, the Lord is at your right hand and he shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. Meaning all these, all the time you look around and say, I wish God would just handle these folks. He is, he's going to handle it. He's going to fix all these problems. The godless Marxists that are trying to take over the world, he's going to fix them. He's going to handle them. They're not going to be godless anymore. They're not going to like the God that they have, but they're going to, they're going to have a God and uh, they're going to know who he is and they're going to bow their knee to him and they're going to confess to him that he's Lord. He says, he shall judge among the nations and he shall fill the places with dead bodies, meaning he's going to, he's going to bring about judgment and wrath. He is going to bring about judgment and wrath. He's going to do it. And if you're worried about him setting things right, He's a God who does that. He says, he shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. Jesus is going to be, he is going to be a ruler. He's going to be a millennial king. He's going to rule for a thousand years. And that time's coming. He says, he shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Thou shalt, therefore, he shall lift up his head. And that's the picture of, of Gideon, where Gideon picked the men who, who stuck their face in the water to drink, rather than pick the men who cautiously uh, drank from their hand and were watching around. And this is a picture of David explaining and understanding that <clears throat> there is no one going to be able to, to take him. There's no, there's no power by which anybody will even will be able to touch the hem of him his garment without him knowing. He he is going to rule. When he rules in power, he's going to rule. And there is no end to his reign, and there is no one who can stand against him. And this psalm for me is a powerful psalm. It's a great psalm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I've seen two things in it that I never saw before and obviously read the psalm before, just never saw it. I actually went to the path, Psalm one several times. Psalm one ten verse one several times and studying and just didn't seen some of these things before. And and what I love about God is he just keeps showing himself to us. He just keeps giving us more and more, more and more than uh, we could ever imagine. And that As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.